The Fantastic Mr. Fox, Chapter 11. A surprise for Mrs. Fox. The small fox ran back along the tunnel as fast as he could, carrying the three plump hens. He was exploding with joy. Just wait, he kept thinking. Just wait till Mummy sees these. He had a long way to run, but he never stopped once on the way, and he came bursting in upon Mrs. Fox. Mummy, he cried out of breath. Look, Mummy, look, wake up and see what I brought you. Mrs. Fox, who was weaker than ever now from the lack of food, opened one eye and looked at the hens. I'm dreaming, she murmured, and closed the eye again. You're not dreaming, Mummy. They're real chickens. We're saved. We're not going to starve. Mrs. Fox opened both eyes and sat up quickly. But my dear child, she cried, where on earth? Bogus's chicken house number one, spluttered the small fox. We tunneled right up under the floor, and you've never seen so many big fat hens in all your life. And Dad said to prepare, to prepare a feast. They'll be back soon. The sight of food seemed to give new strength to Mrs. Fox. A feast it shall be, she said, standing up. Oh, what a fantastic fox your father is. Hurry up, child, and start plucking those chickens. Far away down in the tunnel, the fantastic Mr. Fox was saying, Now for the next bit, my darlings. This one will be easy as pie. All we have to do is dig another little tunnel from here to there. To where, Dad? Don't ask so many questions. Start digging. Chapter 12 Mr. Fox and the three remaining small foxes dug fast and straight. They were all too excited now to feel tired or hungry. They knew they were going to have a whacking great feast before long, and the fact that it was none other than Bogus's chickens they were going to eat made them churgle with laughter every time they thought of it. It was lovely to realize that while the fat farmer was sitting up there on the hill waiting for them to starve, he was also giving them their dinner without knowing it. Keep digging, said Mr. Fox. It's not much far further. All of a sudden, a deep voice above their heads said, Who goes there? The foxes jumped. They looked up quickly and they saw, peeking through a small hole in the roof of the tunnel, a long, black, pointed, furry face. Badger, cried Mr. Fox. Foxy, cried Badger. My goodness me, I'm glad I found someone at last. I've been digging around in circles for three days and nights and I haven't the foggiest idea where I am. Badger made the hole in the ceiling bigger and dropped down beside the foxes. A small badger, his son, dropped down after him. Haven't you heard what's happening up on the hill, Badger said excitedly? It's chaos. Half the wood has disappeared and there are men with guns all over the countryside. None of us can get out, even at night. We're all starving to death. Who is we? asked Mr. Fox. All us diggers. That's me and Mole and Rabbit and all our wives and children. Even Weasel, who can usually sneak out of the tightest spots, is right now holding to, hiding down my hole with Mrs. Weasel and six kids. What on earth are we going to do, Foxy? I think we're finished. Mr. Fox looked at his three children and he smiled. The children smiled back at him, sharing his, his secret. My dear old badger, he said, this mess you're in is all my fault. I know it's your fault, said Badger furiously, and the farmers are not going to give up until they've got you. Unfortunately, that means us as well. It means everyone on the hill. Badger sat down and put a paw around his small son. We're done for, he said softly. My poor wife up there is so weak she can't dig another yard. Nor can mine, said Mr. Fox, and yet at this very minute she is preparing for me and my children the most delicious feast of plump, juicy chickens. Stop, cried Badger. Don't tease me. I can't stand it. 
It's true, cried the small foxes. Dad's not teasing. We've got chickens galore. And because everything is entirely my fault, said Mr. Fox, I invite you to share the feast. I invite everyone to share it. You and Mole and Rabbit and Weasel and all of your wives and children. There will be plenty to go around, I can assure you. You mean it, cried Badger. You really, really, really mean it? Mr. Fox pushed his face close to Badger's and whispered darkly, Do you know where we've just been? Where? Right inside Bogus's chicken house number one. No. Yes, but that is nothing to where we are going now. You have just come at you have come at just the right moment, my dear Badger. You can help us dig. And in the meantime, while your your small son can run back to Mrs. Badger and all the others and spread the good news. Mr. Fox turned to the small badger and said, Tell them they are invited to a fox's feast. Then bring them all down here and follow this tunnel back until you find my home. Yes, Mr. Fox, said the small badger. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. And he scrambled quickly back through the hole in the roof of the tunnel and disappeared. Chapter 13, Bunce's Giant Storehouse. My dear Foxy, cried Badger, what in the world has happened to your tail? Don't talk about it, please, said Mr. Fox. It's a painful subject. They were digging a new tunnel. They dug on in silence. Badger was a great digger, and the tunnel went forward in a, at a terrific pace now that he was lending a paw. Soon they were crouching underneath yet another wooden floor. Mr. Fox grinned slyly, showing sharp, sharp white teeth. If I'm not mistaken, my dear Badger, he said, we are now underneath the farm which belongs to that nasty little pot-bellied dwarf, Bunce. We are, in fact, directly underneath the most interesting part of that farm. Ducks and geese, cried the small foxes, licking their lips. Juicy, tender ducks and big fat geese. Exactly, said Mr. Fox. But how in the world can you know where we are, asked Badger. Mr. Fox grinned again, showing even more white teeth. Look, he said, I know my way around these farms blindfold. For me, it's just as easy below ground as it is above it. He reached high and pushed up one wooden floorboard, then another. He poked his head through the gap. Yes, he shouted, jumping up into the room above. I've done it again. I've hit it smack on the nose, right in the bullseye. Come and look. Quickly, Badger and the three small foxes scrambled up after him. They stopped and they stared. They stood and gaped. They were so overwhelmed they couldn't speak. For what they now saw was a kind of fox's dream, a badger's dream, a paradise for hungry animals. This, my dear old badger, proclaimed, proclaimed Mr. Fox, is Bunce's mighty storehouse. All his finest stuff is stored in here before he sends it off to market. Against all the four walls of the great room, stacked in cupboards and piled upon shelves reaching from floor to ceiling, were thousands and thousands of the finest and fattest ducks and geese plucked and ready for roasting. And up above, dangling from the rafters, there must have been at least a hundred smoked hams and fifty sides of bacon. Just feast your eyes on that, cried Mr. Fox, dancing up and down. What do you think of it, eh? Pretty good grub. Suddenly, as though springs had been released in their legs, the three hungry small foxes and the ravenously hungry badger sprang forward to grab the luscious food. Stop, ordered Mr. Fox. This is my party, so I shall do the choosing. The others fell back, licking their chops. Mr. Fox began prowling around the storehouse, examining the glorious display with an expert eye. 
A thread of saliva slid down one side of his jaw and hung suspended in midair, then snapped. We mustn't overdo it, he said. Mustn't give the game away. Mustn't let them know that we've been, what we've been up to. We must be neat and tidy and take just a few of the choicest morsels. So to start with, we shall have four plump young ducks. He took them from the shelf. Oh, how lovely and fat they are. No wonder Bunce gets a special price from them in the market. All right, Badger, lend me a hand and get them down. You children can help as well. There we go. Goodness me, look how your mouths are watering. And now I think we had better have a few geese. Three will be quite enough. We'll take the biggest. Oh my, oh my. You'll never seen finer geese than these in, the, in a king's kitchen. Gently does it. That's the way. Oh, what about a couple of nice smoked hams? I adore smoked ham, don't you, Badger? Fetch me that step letter, will you please? Mr. Fox climbed up the ladder and handed down three magnificent hams. And do you like bacon, Badger? I'm mad about bacon, bacon, cried Badger, dancing with excitement. Let's have a side of bacon, that big one up there. And carrots, Dad, said the smallest of the three foxes. We must take some of those carrots. Don't be a twerp, said Mr. Fox. You know we never eat things like that. It's not for us, Dad. It's for the rabbits. They only eat vegetables. My goodness me, you are right, cried Mr. Fox. What a thoughtful little fellow you are. Take ten bunches of carrots. Soon, all this lovely loot was lying in a neat heap upon the floor. The small foxes crouched close, their noses twitching, their eyes shining like stars. And now, said Mr. Fox, we, will sh we shall have to borrow from our friend Bunce two of those useful push carts over in the corner. He and Badger fetched the push carts, and the ducks and geese and hams and bacon were loaded onto them. Quickly, the push carts were lowered through the hole in the floor. The animals slid down after them. Back in the tunnel, Mr. Fox again pulled the floorboards very carefully into place so that no one could see they had been moved. My darlings, he said, pointing to two of the three small foxes, take a cart each and run back as fast as you can to your mother. Give her my love and tell her we are having guests for dinner, the badgers, the moles, the rabbits, and the weasels. Tell her it must be a truly great feast and tell her the rest of us will be home as soon as we've done one more little job. Yes, Dad, right away, Dad, they answered, and they grabbed a trolley each and went rushing off down the tunnel. Chapter 14, Badger Has Doubts. Just one more visit, cried Mr. Fox, and I'll bet I know where that'll be, said the only small fox now left. He was the smallest fox of them all. Where, said Badger? Well, said the smallest fox, we've been to Bogus and we've been to Bunce, but we haven't been to Bean. It must be Bean. You are right, said Mr. Fox, but... What you don't know is which part of Bean's place we are about to visit. Which, they said both together. Aha, said Mr. Fox. Just you wait and see. They were digging as they talked. The tunnel was going forward fast. Suddenly Badger said, Doesn't this worry you just a tiny bit, Foxy? Worry me, said Mr. Fox. What? All this, this stealing. Mr. Fox stopped digging and stared at Badger as though he had gone completely dotty. My dear old furry frump, he said, do you know anything in the whole world who wouldn't, do you know anyone in the whole world who wouldn't swipe a few chickens if his children were starving to death? There was a short silence while Badger thought deeply about this. You are far too respectable, said Mr. Fox. There's nothing wrong with being respectable, Badger said. Look, said Mr. Fox, Bogus and Bunce and Bean are out to kill us. You realize that, I hope. I do, Foxy, I do indeed, said the gentle badger. But we're not going to stoop to their level. We don't want to kill them. 
I should hope not, indeed, said Badger. We wouldn't dream of it, said Mr. Fox. We shall, we shall simply take a little food here and there to keep us and our families alive, right? I suppose we'll have to, said Badger. If they want to be horrible, let them, said Mr. Fox. We down here are decent, peace-loving people. Badger laid his head on one side and smiled at Mr. Fox. Foxy, he said, I love you. Thank you, said Mr. Fox, and now let's get on with the digging. Five minutes later, Badger's front paws hit against something flat and hard. What on earth is this, he said. It looks like a solid stone wall. He and Mr. Fox scraped away the soil. It was a wall, but it was built of bricks, not stones. The wall was right in front of them, blocking their way. Now who in the world would build a wall under the ground, asked Mr. Badger. Very simple, said Mr. Fox. It's the wall of an underground room, and if I am not mistaken, it is exactly what I am looking for. Chapter 15, Bean's Secret Cider Cellar. Mr. Fox examined the wall carefully. He saw that the cement between the bricks was old and crumbly, so he loosened a brick without much trouble and pulled it away. Suddenly, out from the hole where the brick had been, there popped a small, sharp face with whiskers. Go away, it snapped. You can't come in here. It's private. Good Lord, said Badger. It's a rat. You saucy beast, said Mr. Fox. I should have guessed we'd find you down here somewhere. Go away, shrieked Rat. Go on, beat it. This is my private pitch. Shut up, said Mr. Fox. I will not shut up, shrieked Rat. This is my place. I got here first. Mr. Fox gave a brilliant smile, flashing his white teeth. My dear rat, he said softly, I am a hungry fellow, and if you don't hop it if you don't hop it quickly, I shall eat you up in one gulp. That did it. Rat popped back fast out of sight. Mr. Fox laughed and began pulling more bricks out of the wall. When he had made a biggish hole, he crept through it. Badger and the smallest fox followed him in. They found themselves in a vast, damp, gloomy cellar. This is it, cried Mr. Fox. This is what, said Badger. This place is empty. Where are the turkeys, asked the smallest fox, staring into the gloom. I thought Bean was a turkey man. He is a turkey man, said Mr. Fox, but we're not after turkeys now. We've got plenty of food. Then what do we need, Dad? Take a good look around, said Mr. Fox. Don't you see anything that interests you? Badger and the smallest fox peered into the half-darkness. As their eyes became accustomed to the gloom, they began to see what looked like a whole lot of big glass jars standing upon shelves around the walls. They went closer. They were jars. There were hundreds of them, and upon each one was written the word cider. The smallest fox leaped high in the air. Oh, Dad, he cried out. Look what we found. It's cider. Exactly, said Mr. Fox. Tremendous, shouted Badger. Bean's secret cider cellar, said Mr. Fox. But go carefully, my dears. Don't make a noise. This cellar is right underneath the farmhouse itself. Cider, said Badger, is especially good for badgers. We take it as medicine. One large glass three times a day with meals and another at bedtime. It will make the feast into a banquet, said Mr. Fox. While they were talking, the smallest fox had sneaked a jar off the shelf and had taken a gulp. Wow, he gasped. Wowee. You must understand that this was not the ordinary, weak, fizzy cider one buys in a store. It was the real stuff, a home-brewed, fiery liquor that burned in your throat and boiled in your stomach. Ah, gasped the smallest fox. This is some cider. 
That's quite enough of that, said Mr. Fox, grabbing the jar and putting it to his own lips. He took a tremendous gulp. It's miraculous, he whispered, fighting for breath. It's fabulous. It's beautiful. It's my turn, said Badger, taking the jar and tilting his head well back. The cider, cider gurgled and bubbled down his throat. It's, it's like melted gold, he gasped. Oh, Foxy, it's like, it's like drinking sunbeams and rainbows. You're poaching, shrieked Rat. Put that down at once. There'll be none left for me. Rat was perched upon the highest shelf in the cellar, peering out from behind a huge jar. There was a small rubber tube inserted in the neck of the jar, and Rat was using this tube to suck out the cider. You're drunk, said Mr. Fox. Mind your own business, shrieked Rat. And if you great clumsy brutes come messing about in here, we'll all be caught. Get out and leave me to sip my cider in peace. At that moment, they heard a woman's voice calling out in the house above them. Hurry up and get that cider, Mabel, the voice called. You know Mr. Bean doesn't like to be kept waiting, especially when he's been out all night in a tent. The animals froze. They stayed absolutely still, their ears pricked, their bodies tensed. Then they heard the sound of a door being opened. The door was at the top of a flight of stone steps leading down from the house to the cellar. And now someone was starting to come down those steps. Chapter 16, The Woman. Quick, said Mr. Fox, hide. He and Badger and the smallest fox jumped up to a shelf and crouched behind a row of big cider jars. Peering around the jars, they saw a huge woman coming down into the cellar. At the foot of the steps, the woman paused, looking right to the right and to the left. Then she turned and headed straight for the place where Mr. Fox and Badger and the smallest fox were hiding. She stopped right in front of them. The only thing between her and them was a row of cider jars. She was so close, Mr. Fox could hear the sound of her breathing. Peeping through the crack between the two bottles, he noticed that she carried a big rolling pin in one hand. How many will he want this time, Mrs. Bean, the woman shouted. And from the top of the stairs, the other voice called back, bring up two or three jars. He drank four yesterday, Mrs. Bean. Yes, but he won't want that many today because he's not going to be up there more than a few hours longer. He says the fox is bound to make a run for it this morning. It can't possibly stay down that hole another day without food. The woman in the cellar reached out and lifted a jar of cider from the shelf. The jar she took was next, next but one to the jar behind which Mr. Fox was crouching. I'll be glad when the rotten brood is killed and strung up on the front porch, she called out. And by the way, Mrs. Bean, your husband promised I could have the tail as a souvenir. The tail's been all shot to pieces, said the voice from upstairs. Didn't you know that? You mean it's ruined? Of course it's ruined. They shot the tail but missed the fox. Oh, heck, said the big woman. I did so want the tail. You can have the head instead, Mabel. You can get it stuffed and hang it on your bedroom wall. Hurry up now with that cider. Yes, ma'am, I'm coming, said the big woman, and she took a second jar from the shelf. If she takes one more, she'll see us, thought Mr. Fox. He could feel the smallest fox's body pressed tightly against his own, quivering with excitement. Will two be enough, Mrs. Bean, or shall I take three? My goodness, Mabel, I don't care so long as you get a move on. Then two it is, said the huge woman, speaking to herself now. He drinks too much anyway. Carrying a jar in each hand with the rolling pin tucked under one arm, she walked away across the cellar. At the foot of the steps, she paused and looked around, sniffing the air. There's rats down here again, Mrs. Bean. I can smell them. Then poison them, woman, poison them. You know where the poison's kept. Yes, ma'am, Mabel said. She climbed, so, she climbed slowly out of sight of, up the steps. The door slammed. Quick, said Mr. Fox. Grab a jar each and run for it. Rat stood high on his high shelf and shrieked. 
What did I tell you? You nearly got nabbed, didn't you? You ne nearly gave the game gave the game away. You keep out of here from now on. I don't want you around. This is my place. You, said Mr. Fox, are going to be poisoned. Poppycock said, Poppycock said Rat. I sit up here and watch her putting the stuff down. She'll never get me. Mr. Fox and Badger and the smallest fox ran across the cellar, clutching a gallon jar each. Goodbye, Rat, they called out as they disappeared through the hole in the wall. Thanks for the lovely cider. Thieves, shrieked Rat. Robbers, bandits, burglars. 17. The Great Feast Back in the tunnel, they paused so that Mr. Fox could brick up the hole in the wall. He was humming to himself as he put the bricks back in place. I can still taste that glorious cider, he said. What an impudent fellow Rat is. He has bad manners, Badger said. All rats have bad manners. I've never met a polite rat yet. And he drinks too much, said Mr. Fox, putting the last brick in place. There we are now, home to the feast. They grabbed their jars of cider and off they went. Mr. Fox was in front, the smallest fox came next, and Badger last. Along the tunnel they flew, past the turning that led to Bunce's mighty storehouse, past Bogus's chicken house number one, and then up the long home stretch towards the place where they knew Mrs. Fox would be waiting. Keep it up, my darling, shouted Mr. Fox. We'll soon be there. Think what's waiting for us at the other end, and just think what we're bringing home with us in these jars. That ought to cheer up poor Mrs. Fox. Mr. Fox sang a little song as he ran. Home again swiftly I glide, back to my beautiful bride. She'll not feel so rotten as soon as she's gotten some cider inside her inside. Then Badger joined in. Oh, poor Mrs. Badger, he cried. So hungry she very near died. But she'll not feel so hollow if only she'll swallow some cider inside her inside. They were still singing as they rounded the final corner and burst in upon the most wonderful, amazing sight any of them had ever seen. The feast was just beginning. A large dining room had been hollowed out of the earth, and in the middle of it, seated around a huge table, were no less than 29 animals. They were Mrs. Fox and three small foxes, Mrs. Badger and three small badgers, Mole and Mrs. Mole and four small moles, Rabbit and Mrs. Rabbit and five small rabbits, Weasel and Mrs. Weasel, and six small weasels. The table was covered with chickens and ducks and geese and hams and bacon, and everyone was tucking into the lovely food. My darling, cried Mrs. Fox, jumping up and hugging Mr. Fox. We couldn't wait. Please forgive us. Then she hugged the smallest fox of all, and Mrs. Badger hugged Badger, and everyone hugged everyone else. Amid shouts of joy, the great jars of cider were placed upon the table, and Mr. Fox and Badger and the smallest fox sat down with the others. You must remember, no one had eaten a thing for several days. They were so hungry. They were ravenous. So for only a while, there was no conversation at all. There was only the sound of crunching and chewing as the animals attacked the succulent food. At last, Badger stood up. He raised his glass of cider and called out, A toast! I want you all to stand and drink a toast to our dear friend who has saved our lives this day, Mr. Fox. To Mr. Fox, they all shouted, standing up and raising their glasses. To Mr. Fox, long may he live. Then Mrs. Fox got shyly to her feet and said, I don't want to make a speech. I just want to say one thing, and it is this. My husband is a fantastic fox. Everyone clapped and cheered. Then Mr. Fox himself stood up. This delicious meal, he began, and then he stopped. In the silence that follow, followed, he let fly a tremendous belch. That's a burp. There was laughter and more clapping. This delicious meal, my friends, he went on, is by courtesy of Mr.'s Bogus Bunce and Bean. More cheering and laughter. And I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have. 
he let fly another colossal burp. Better out than in, said Badger. Thank you, said Mr. Fox, grinning hugely. But now, my friends, let us be serious. Let us think of tomorrow and the next day and the days after that. If we go out, we will be killed, right? Right, they shouted. We'll be shot before we've gone a yard, said Badger. Exactly, said Mr. Fox. But who wants to go out anyway? Let me ask you that. We are all diggers, every one of us. We hate the outside. The outside is full of enemies. We only go out because we have to, to get food for our families. But now, my friends, we have an entirely new setup. We have a safe tunnel leading to the three of the finest stores in the world. We do indeed, said Badger. I've seen them. And you know what this means, said Mr. Fox? It means that none of us ever need go out into the open again. There was a buzz of excitement around the table. I therefore invite you all, Mr. Fox went on, to stay here with me forever. Forever, they cried. My goodness, how marvelous. And Rabbit said to Mrs. Rabbit, my dear, just think, we're never going to be shot at again in our lives. We will make, said Mr. Fox, a little underground village with streets and houses on each side, separate houses for badgers and moles and rabbits and weasels and foxes. And every day I will go shopping for you all, and every day we will eat like kings. The cheering that followed this speech went on and on for many minutes. Chapter 18 Still Waiting Outside the fox's hole, Bogus and Bunce and Bean sat beside their tents with their guns on their laps. It was beginning to rain. Water was trickling down the necks of the three men and into their shoes. Ooh, yuck. He won't stay down there much longer, Bogus said. The brute must be famished, Bunce said. That's right, Bean said. He'll be making a dash for it any moment. Keep your guns handy. They sat there by the hole waiting for the fox to come out. And so far as I know... They are still waiting. The end. That's a great story. I love you all. Sleep tight.